What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Brewery Talks, a podcast bringing you the stories behind the beer. I'm your host, Nash, and I live on the road full-time in an RV traveling across the country visiting breweries. Today's episode comes from my home state of New Jersey at Demented Brewing Company. Not only does this brewery have an awesome New Jersey Devil-inspired theme, they have some amazing beers as well. The president sat down with me for this episode and gave me the inside scoop on what it means to be president of a brewery and how we got there from being a software engineer. Check it out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Nash. Today, I'm in Middlesex, New Jersey at Demented Brewing Company. I'm sitting here with the president, Tom Zuber. How are you doing today? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing excellent. So let's get right into it. Demented Brewing Company. Where does the, the name Demented Brewing Company start or where did it come from? Well, we were uh, trying to figure out how to tie New Jersey into the theme of the brewery. And um, I thought about stories that I heard about the Jersey Devil when I was a kid. And that led me to Weird New Jersey. And uh, they've covered quite a few stories on the Jersey Devil. And uh, I couldn't use Weird, so I threw Weird into a thesaurus and Demented popped out. Um, So that's how we came up with the name. And then uh, we we actually used the Jersey Devil on our logo. That's that's what the... uh, the front head and the side profile of of our logo is oh okay for those of you who are listening uh, i highly recommend if not visiting going on to their website and seeing photos of the tap room because it definitely has the theme of the jersey devil and demented it kind of all fits together here um including the logo yep so let's talk about the area so we're in middlesex new jersey how is the beer scene in this area who are the people drinking the beer are there a lot of breweries around and uh how would you describe the area to someone who's not from this part of Jersey or even the state? The area is great. We're actually located right next to Rutgers University, um, which oh, is, okay. which is pretty cool. Uh, Scarlet Knight, our uh, our American Red Owl, is kind of named after their mascot, <laughs> the Scarlet Knights. Um, and uh, we uh, we love being in the area. You know, it's it's really friendly community. Um, there's not too many breweries around. There's a brew pub in New Brunswick, and there's another brewery over in Edison, but that's really all that, that's in the area right now. Um, so, we, you know, we have a lot of local people that come in on a regular basis to, to try our beers. That's awesome. And Rutgers is a huge school. Do you find a lot of the students come in here, you know, especially during finals week or whatever it is, do you find that you, a lot of Rutgers students just pop on over? Um, yeah, we definitely get our share of Rutgers students coming through here. Um, it's... Uh, our, our demographic is more people age 30 to 45, but we do get a fair share of people coming from Rockers, especially on Saturdays when they have football games. We get people coming in before or after the games. Um, yeah. Awesome. And let's talk a little bit about yourself. So you being the president, you had to fall in love with beer at some point. How did your, you know, interest in beer and opening brewery all start was it home brewing was it just really liking beer was it a friend how does the whole story begin so i i always like beer i like beer in college um started getting into craft beer right after college um i got my first house moved in um and a friend of mine said you know my friends my other buddies have been home brewing you know you want to give it a shot so i said yeah sure we'll try it you know see how it works out and uh that was 10 years ago, back in 2008, and we, we brewed our first beer at my house, and I fell in love with it and just been doing it ever since. And what kind of beer was it? It was actually uh, a Sierra Nevada clone okay. that, we, that we found, <laughs> um, but it, it came out really well. And, uh, you know, the next week I brewed again, and I brewed a Magic Hat number 9 clone, 
and nice. um, just after that started creating my own stuff and went from there. So the first batch was good. It was the first batch of homebrew was a drinkable one. Yeah, it was a success. Yeah, I find a common theme between myself and some of my other friends that try to homebrew is that. The first couple of batches are always tough ones that end up just sitting in the fridge for a while because you don't want to drink it because it came out that bad. <laughs> no, that wasn't the case at all. <laughs> so at one point, you're like, hey, this these beers are turning out good, and I want to make this legitimate. How did that process happen? Well, I, I was a software engineer. Um, I, I did that for about 15 years and just kind of got burnt out with it and wanted to start my own business and just decided to turn my, my hobby into uh, into a career. So, um you know, I, I started writing a business plan back in 2013, spent almost a year on that, and then started looking for spaces and came across this building here. So the the business plan, so you, you said you spent a year and a half writing a business plan. What was that like? Was there any point during that where you were like, holy cow, this is, you know, this might not work out, or this is tougher than I thought? Was there, what were the kind of emotions you had when putting this all together? Um, I, I was always confident that it would work out. And, nice. Um, you know, I, I'm glad I spent the year putting together the business plan because it, you know, it made me think of certain aspects that I wouldn't have otherwise thought about. But. And then from there, you so you were distributing before the tap room was actually opened up. Yeah. So what was that like? So, I mean, it's got to be rewarding seeing, you know, the beer being poured and giving it right to the customer right there. But for a while, you were just canning them and chipping them out and not really seeing the end result yeah i mean we we really weren't distributing too widely we were self-distributing for the first six months so i was i was out there doing sales i was making all the deliveries uh we had about 40 accounts local in the area um so and we did a few events to launch uh the product um at, at a few local places and so we we did get to see the the customers and you know see firsthand their response to the product um, that's awesome. Yeah, that's got to be a definitely rewarding experience. Seeing you know the end result right there and the smile on the person's face. Hopefully. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember the fir- the first event we had was uh, at Ferraro's Pizzeria and Pub right down the street, and uh, they um, they went through like six, I think six sixtals of our double dementia IPA in one night. The, oh wow! It, within a few hours um, after we launched it there. So then. You have your beer being distributed, and you're like, okay, we got to get a tap room. So then you started looking. You started – how did you choose this town, this area, specifically this building? Well, we, we actually – we were in this building when we started distributing. So we, okay. we, we found this building on Craigslist, believe it or not. I, <laughs> I looked for about nine months for a space, and this was the first building that I came – I walked into and said, this is it. You know, like I, I love the, the building. It's got – a really old world charm to it. There's, there's brick. It's, it's a brick building. It just, it looked like a brewery to me. Um, we took about six months building out the space. Um, we started distributing in May of 2015 while we were going through planning board meetings with the town to get the approval to open the tap room. And then, uh, we ended up opening the tap room in August of that same year. Wow. And that was 2015. Yeah open for over three years now uh would you consider yourself a lot of new brewers are popping up only open for a year two years would you find yourself you know kind of knowing the rope with the industry by now or do you think every day or every week you guys are still learning something new about how it all works no absolutely i mean the industry is constantly evolving but you know i think we we definitely have a good amount of experience behind us where we know what we're doing um you know when we were 
um, when we got our license, we were only the 36th brewery in the state, and now there's close to 100. Oh, wow. So it, the the, uh, the scene has changed quite a bit since we first started. And do, do you find your your beers that you're brewing changing with that, or do you always kind of stay steady? I know every season I feel like there's a new style of beer that people are going nuts for. Do you find yourself changing with the with the tides or kind of sticking true to the ones you had originally i mean absolutely we adapt you know i when when we first came out double dementia the beer i mentioned that we launched at ferraro's was uh west coast double ipa um now we're doing more than new england styles because that's what people want um in my opinion you've got to you've got to adapt you've got to brew what people want to drink otherwise people aren't going to drink it um, so we, we still get quite a few customers that come in and ask, Oh, when are you brewing double dementia again? And, <laughs> you know, we're going to do it again. We're, we're probably, we're actually, we're going to, we're going to plan a little party where we, we, we had a dementia series. We had dementia, which was our single IPA, double dementia, our double IPA hinted dementia, our session IPA. And we actually plan on coming out with a new one called total dementia, which would be a triple IPA. And we're, we plan on doing at least the, the single, the double, and the triple um, all together and having a release party for that. That's some, awesome. Sometime in the near future. Something to look forward to for all the people that have been fans from the beginning or even just new fans. Yep. So let's talk about your guys' logo. So you mentioned it is, it's inspired by the Jersey Devil. It is the Jersey Devil. Um, did you have did you draw? Did you have a local artist do it? How did, that, how did it come to, come to be? We actually had an artist down in Florida. Uh, do it. It was a friend of a friend's, and uh, we went through many iterations of of different designs before we came up with this one. But um, I'm really happy with the way that it it turned out. Um, you know, I, I love how he incorporated the the D's of demented into the side profile of of the devil in our main logo, and I actually have the the front profile of the devil tattooed on my arm. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love, I love the logo. I love, I love what he did for us. He actually also developed a custom font for us to use in, in all of our, uh, all of our artwork. Um, you can see it on the, on the board there. Yeah. Yeah. And not only the board, but across, across from the bar here, we have a huge mural across this whole back wall here in the tap room. This is incredible. So how did this happen? <laughs> So shortly after I, I leased the space, I, I met uh, an artist. His name's Drake Barry. He lives here in Middlesex. And I met him down at Ferraro's Pizzeria and Pub, the, the place that we launched from with yep, Double yep. Dementia. And uh, we got to talking, and, and he said, you know, if you want a mural in your tasting room, let me know. So I said, yeah, sure. You know, I said I told him, come look at the space. We'll see, you know, where you can do it. And he came up with some sketches, a few different options for us, and – and this is the one that we went with. I'm really happy with, with what he did here. Um, you know, and the, the bottom half of it is, is kind of like the underworld. And then the top half of it's the Pine Barrens. And we've got the Jersey Devil brewing right right in the middle of it. Um, so I was really, really happy with what he did. It's kind of the centerpiece of our tasting room. Yeah, it is. And it, it's one of those, at least for my sake, it's one of the things you can look at. And every time you look at it, you find something new. It's so much attention to detail and uh a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. It took him 250 hours to paint. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is really exciting. One thing I, I like to bring up with New Jersey brewers are the New Jersey beer laws. So I know different places have different things or different things going on. So the tour, the infamous New Jersey brewery tour, how do you guys 
work that into your brewery? Um, so every time somebody comes in, we we require them to take a tour before we we serve them beer. Um, we have tour cards on our on our door. Um, most of them do a self guided tour after interacting with us. Um, then when they come back, we can get them started with a flight or a beer if they want to dive straight into a a pint. Um, but uh, but yeah, everybody who walks through the door has to has to go back into the brewery and do a so a interesting. Tour. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the law, you know. It's yeah, and then that and that's all happening on the other side of this tap room wall right here. That's where all the brewing and packaging, canning, everything's happening right there. Yep. And you have your own canning system. No, we actually have a mobile canner that comes in oh, to can okay. for us. Awesome. Yeah, I got a little uh, a little shot of that walking in. I came in today and they were doing all the canning. I, I kind of felt bad interrupting, but uh, Tom was still willing to take some time for this podcast. So you were out there with the canning. So your role as president, do you find yourself out there in the brewery often behind the the bar? Do you find yourself in an office? What how does the role of president kind of fall into a brewery? I um my office is actually at the bar here now. <laughs> I uh <laughs> I I set up my laptop right at the end of the bar. You can actually see it right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. And uh I uh I spend a little bit of time back in the brewery. I help them when they're canning and and bottling, you know, mainly with their pack with packaging. Um I do a lot of uh, stuff behind the scenes. I handle all the social media, the marketing, uh, the sales, the um, accounting. Um, do a little bit of everything, really. Some some production management. I, I work with Dave. I also work a couple days behind the bar in the tasting room. So just to, you know, wherever wherever I need to be, you know. Yeah, a little bit of everything. A man of yeah. many hats. Yep. So you have. Two head brewers then that do mostly all the brewing out there. Yeah, two guys. Uh, the one guy uh, has been with me since the very beginning. He actually he was a uh, he was in construction before he started here. He helped me build the whole brewery. Um, oh wow! And then he got we got to the end of the build out, and he was like, "What am I going to do now? I don't want to go back to construction." And uh, so we I brought him on as our assistant brewer at the time, and he's really blossomed into a, a great brewer. Um, and he's, uh, he's back there with, with, uh, Austin, um, Tangent. He's a brewer that actually, uh, he started interning at Carton before he started working for us. And he's been with us since year one. Um, I would say he probably joined in the fall of 2015. Um, just, just about the same time that we started distributing with, uh, Hunterdon. How does that work with making the beer? Do you guys can sit down and say, Hey, we want to brew this kind of beer. This is how we're going to brew it. Or is it? Them kind of often they're doing the thing, kind of showing it to you, like, hey, does this work, or how does that relationship work out? We we meet once a week. I mean, I see them every day, but we we meet, we sit down and meet for about an hour once a week, and we talk about what we're doing. Um, a lot of the direction comes from myself and my production manager Dave, um, and then Austin mainly comes up with all the recipes, and then we'll review them and. And make sure that that we're all comfortable with what we're going to be doing. And usually, we'll we'll start on our pilot system. We have a a two barrel pilot system that we'll we'll start on before we scale things up to our fifteen barrel production system. So you'll do like a, a smaller batch, see the beer comes out, try it, and then give it the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, usually what what we'll do is we've never actually had to throw out a beer, which is great, but. Um, we will brew a two barrel batch. We'll put it on tap in the tasting room um, for customers to try. And 
Um, you'll see on the board right now, there's a number of things that have uh, white asterisks next to them. Those are our small batches. Um, the star means that we don't do uh, growler or crowler fills of them because they're very limited. So we want people to try them. We get feedback uh, both via you know um, people talking to us in the tasting room as well as on untapped and then you know if if something's a success we'll scale it up we'll make a bigger batch and next time we'll have growler and crowler fills available and you mentioned untapped so i've heard from other brewers that that is either the most stressful thing ever or the most helpful tool ever uh, do you ever find yourself looking at reviews and how do you deal with the ones that you don't necessarily disagree with or the ones that are I, I think it's a good tool for us because we can see in general what people are thinking about our beers. Uh, the worst reviews that I see is is when somebody rates a beer like a quarter star and um, says not my style or something <laughs> like that, you know, because, you know, yeah, it might not be your style, but I don't, it doesn't deserve that kind of a rating if, if it was brewed to style. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a great tool for us to see what people are thinking about our beers and, uh you know, I, I go through the ratings every day and I toast any check in over three stars. <laughs> um, that way people know that, that we're looking at it and uh, and that we care what people think. That's awesome. That's incredible to hear because being one of the people that myself like myself who was a consumer who takes untapped probably a little too seriously, uh, seeing when the breweries do toast it or that you guys are hearing the feedback is means a lot because it's kind of like I'm contributing to the brewery and the beer and the industry. So that is humbling to know that you guys are taking that very seriously. So thank yeah, you. no, I, I do it every day, <laughs> religiously. Let's get into the beer. So you mentioned you've mentioned this tap board for a while. So you have sixteen different beers on here right now. Do you typically have that many beers at one time? Yeah, most of the time. I mean, the, the, there's periods of time where we just we start running low. We do a new beer release every Friday, so we we try to keep the board full. Right now, there's an empty spot, but we have uh, a new beer coming out tomorrow. It's called Fun Machine. It's uh, an all citra New England style IPA. Uh, it's a really nice. popular one amongst our uh, our customer base, and it's also being canned right now, as we speak. Oh wow! So that, that's that's what you guys are canning. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, the variety of beers up here, you have stuff from you know a pale ale to a milk stout to a dry hop farmhouse ale. Do you guys find yourself brewing all different styles, different types? We brew a little bit of everything. Um, we only have two beers that we produce year-round. That's Scarlet Night, the American Red Ale, and Gowell's Hill, our, our core New England-style IPA. Everything else is what we like to call seasonally inspired, insanely f- flavorful owls. Um, so, we're like I said, we're releasing a new beer every week. We, we keep that board rotating um, so that there's always something new for people to try. We Like I said, we brew a little bit of everything, everything from, from wheats, pale owls, stouts, sours, um, you know, a little bit of everything. That's great. Yeah. So no matter what kind of beer you're drinking, there's something for you to to have here. Absolutely. And so we're actually drinking right now. We're drinking the the Gallows Hill, doing yeah. an IPA. Uh, so what went into this beer? So this is one of your ones you have all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, from my, I guess, not expert opinion, it's delicious. It's really good. So thank you. What uh, what went into this beer? Um, this beer is, it's, it's just a, it's a cloudy New England style IPA. We use a ton of citra and mosaic hops in this. Um, and it's just, it's really juicy. It's not too bitter. It's got a little bit of bitterness up front. Um, and then it's just a really juicy, um, cloudy New England IPA. Awesome. And then how about the Scarlet Knight, the American Red Ale? That's, it's actually a darker Red Ale. 
and it's got a little bit of a roasty character to it. Um, I really like this beer. I think it pairs well with a lot of different foods. Um, it's it's something that works really well with a lot of different food. And is there a certain style or a certain beer that you have on here right now that you find the toughest to make? You mentioned before you haven't had to throw out a batch yet, which is awesome. But has there been any that you've been, wow, okay, next time we really need to change what we're doing here, or you know maybe this one won't be the beer we intended to be; it'll be something else. Have it had any? experiences like that not really no i mean we, we you know we, we do tweak things you know now and again i mean gallows hill has kind of been a work in progress since we started it it's the way it is now it's is the way it's going to be we're not going to change it anymore we but this it took us probably about two years to you know nail it down to to where we could say this is it okay so you guys have growlers and crowlers here correct yep so what is I know many people will know what a crowler is and what a growler is, but for those who don't, what is a crowler? So a crowler is a 32-ounce can that we fill on demand here. Um, we actually um, sanitize them, purge them with CO2, fill them and seam them on demand. Uh, most of the beers that we have on tap, aside from those small batches that I mentioned earlier, and usually stuff that we're running low on if, if we're on the last keg of it, we'll, we'll put a star next to it so that we don't run out mid-crowler or growler fill. A growler is just a 64-ounce uh, glass jug, basically, uh, that we also fill on demand. And uh, we we also fill 32-ounce growlers, which we call grunts here. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, uh, you know, we, we'll fill those. We don't sell them. Uh, the crowler is our 32-ounce option here. But if people bring in their own, we, we will fill them. And the crowler you don't uh, refill, right? That's just a one-time use to throw it out. It's just like a regular can. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Now... What kind of events do you guys find yourself participating in? Do you guys do a lot of beer festivals? You guys, you said you do a can release every Friday, so that's something you do every Friday. Well, we don't do a can release every Friday. We do a beer release every Friday. Oh, okay, so, okay. so it might be, might be a can release. It might be something on draft. Um, we uh, we actually have two releases this week. We have Fun Machine, the 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 can release that we're doing tomorrow. Um, we're also going to have it available on draft. And then Friday we have a, a mystery can release that we're not going to announce until Friday morning. Um, but uh, it, it, that'll be available on, in in both cans and on draft as well. And then, do you guys go to or have or plan to go to any beer festivals, beer events? We go to a lot of them. It's, okay. it's <laughs> kind of towards the end of festival season right now. But we we did do quite a few this fall. Spring and fall are definitely the busiest seasons for us. We do do a few over the summer as well. Um, there's a couple over the winter, but you know we're we're towards the tail end of the main season right now. And if you had any advice to to bestow on someone who wants to take their brewing and their beer to the next level, what would you tell them, and what could uh, advice do you have to offer? I would say definitely take the time to to sit down and write a business plan. Um, really think about everything. Um, you know, I I used a template from Microsoft Word to write mine, <laughs> um, but it made me think about a lot of things that I wouldn't have otherwise even considered, and it's definitely worth the time to sit down and do that. That's great. Well, thank you. So if someone wanted to get in contact with you, have a beer, grab one of your beers, where can they find your beer or the tap room, et cetera? So the, the tap room and the brewery are located at uh, 600 Lincoln Boulevard in Middlesex Borough, New Jersey. Um, 
our beers are also available at bars and liquor stores, bars, restaurants, and liquor stores throughout the state. Um, Hundred Inn Brewing is our distributor, and they've actually uh, placed us in close to a thousand bars, restaurants, and liquor stores throughout the state. Okay. And as always, if you guys want to get in contact with myself, just Google Brewery Talks Podcast, or you can find us at SunnysideUpTraveling.com. Tom, thank you today. Thank you for taking the time today to sit down and chat about the story that made you guys beer. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks again for listening. If you like what you heard, give Brewery Talks five stars on iTunes. And of course, stay tuned for more episodes. Cheers.